three, two, one. Record. Okay, am I on? Here we go. Wait. Hello? Are you recording? Yes. Cool, cool, cool. Hey, everybody. It's the first ever Zoom episode of the Zane Barry podcast featuring... The Nothing Podcast with Nick Johnson. <laughs> this is Hell so, yeah. This the, is con- the, re- <laughs> the return of nothing. Oh, is, wait. You know what? I just realized. Is, Give me. Oh, are you wearing your mask? Yeah, dude. This is a little dangerous, okay? I haven't, been, think, I haven't hung out with a lot of people recently, man. This is really, you know, you know I just got to be safe, okay? That's really smart of you because six feet is one thing, but even through the interweb, we might be giving each other coronavirus. Yeah, they say when you're talking in a Zoom call, you're about three feet apart. So, like, I'm really it's just we're just putting our lives at risk here. You know, but hey, was, thanks for having me. Yeah, dude, I was kind of concerned that you wearing that mask would make the audio sound really muffled, but you actually sounded kind of normal there. So, really, this, <laughs> <laughs> this has done nothing other than just made it harder for you yeah. to sync audio later. Yeah, really, this is up to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, take take that off. I don't want to have to. <laughs> I started I started this habit where I try to laugh away from the mic because I realize my laughs just kind of like destroy the audio quality immediately. That's good mic etiquette. And um, I have my laptop on top of a book right now because I realized if I'm using this um, camera footage, then I'm just going to be hunched the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're probably approximately right here. I might be holding you right now in the future. <laughs> how you doing bud how's how's your quarantine over there i see you're proud to be a 2020 grad sign down there yeah i graduated i guess that was weird wow so was did did that just happen yeah it literally happened on monday okay cool congratulations I th- <laughs> thanks I, th- I think somewhere in my head i thought you already did that but then that doesn't make any sense because you were the president of the AFA. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that you're just such a confident young man that... <laughs> hey, thank you. I thought you somehow could be graduated and still run shit at the school simultaneously. I mean, if they would let me, hell yeah, maybe. Yeah, that was dude. so much work, though, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I wanted... We originally talked about doing this episode like the day after the film festival just to catch you in the brink of how tired you were and then I re- <laughs> and then we realized that's a terrible idea i was a dead man for like three days yeah so um for for people listening tell them about uh what what you did okay um well we got to go like way back so there's a there's an organization at asu called um the association of filmmakers at asu uh, i was social media for a while and then they i became co-president with xavier sanchez um, we have a big event every year called the AFA Film Festival. It's one of like the biggest film events for you know the film community at ASU. And then Corona happened, so you know that kind of screwed us over because we usually get out like rent out a big theater and we invite all their families and stuff. It's usually a really cool time. Um, and I like didn't want to miss out on that opportunity. Uh, I know a lot of people like really look forward to our event. So with hard times, it probably would have made the hard times a little bit easier. So I was like, okay, we're doing the whole thing online. I'm going to stream it on Twitch. Um, we're going to get submissions and selection and judging all remote. Um, 
and we did that. <laughs> and it, it, it was a lot of it was a lot of planning, a lot of long nights, a lot of stressful days. But um, it happened. It was awesome. Bond across the ocean. Yeah, uh, that, that that movie was really good. I really that was beautiful. That one. I love that movie. Yeah, it was really- a beautiful one. We'll talk about that in a sec, just to keep talking about you for a moment, though. Yeah. I, I, I think you guys did a great job. I, uh, and I, I like that you guys were um, together in a Zoom room at the end, like presenting the awards, and it kept cutting back to, to you guys, like here and there. Yeah. Um, uh, like, I, I think Xavier was wearing like a tie or something, and you had your dinosaur shirt, and I was like, this is the best. <laughs> <laughs> I had a onesie on. We yeah. did like a good. I, was, I almost got outvoted for that idea. That was an art. I wanted to. I was like, Xavier, dude, it would be really funny. Like, you get all dressed up, like, really try hard, like, tuxedo and stuff, and I'll just, like, wear a onesie. And the original, <laughs> the original idea when I pitched it also had me uh, with braids in my hair. Oh. But that didn't come to fruition. <laughs> um, and they like were like, people. they were like, God, this is a very serious event. I don't think we should like joke around with this. And There's, I'm like, dude, you know. no, this is so funny. I'm doing this. And then, <laughs> and then, and then the whole Twitch chat is like, I love the onesie. And I'm like, dude, dude, I the knew, whole, the whole it. chat was like dinosaur shirt. Dinosaur. <laughs> I don't even think I realized it was a onesie. I thought it was just a fire shirt to be I honest. Go, I can go grab it in a second. I'll, I'll put it on. It's a good yeah, time. Yeah, 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 sure. Uh, my entire family has a matching one. So my dad and my mom, <laughs> my sister yeah. and brother all have one. Yeah. So it's like um, a weird cult. So re- really quick, how old are you? I am 23 right now. I turned 24 in like f- four months, five okay. months. Okay. Okay, so I'm 23 and I turn 24 in July. So we're we're pretty much like exactly the same age. And, pretty much two uh, and, months. Um, just the way like starting college goes. A lot, you know. Sometimes you can have people graduate a bunch of semesters before or after you, but you're in that same age bracket just because like sometimes uh, a degree path completely changes just one semester all of a sudden. You know. Yeah. So, so I was in that bracket where you had to apply into uh, the FMP route originally, which meant that people who did that at the earliest possible um, application spot kind of wound up then needing less credits than other people to graduate. Yeah. So, so I finished a full semester early. Um, and so I graduated back in December of 2017. And then some people, maybe they start in one film path and then the other. So you, you can kind of see... Um, a lot of change happen like really, really quick, you know? So it's, it's, uh, for context, I, I was an intern for the same film club when I, when I was a freshman at ASU, uh, second semester. And back then I remember, um, see, normally they hold the film festival at, uh, Valley Art Harkins on Mill. And then I remember one year they even had it at Tempe, uh, marketplace, which is like a big, um, that was awesome. Yeah, like that that's just awesome. like a you know if if anybody doesn't have Harkins around, it's it's you know kind of like AMC and a lot of time even bigger than AMC. So you know for students to have their you know short films projected in like a legit space, that's really really cool. So for you guys to be like, oh, this is literally the big thing for film students, and you know we have a college where the film program doesn't have its own building. It doesn't have 
that much of a budget. It will now, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Apparently, right as we leave. Appar- yeah, yeah, that's how it always happens. For me, yep. it was like, hey, we're hiring a cinematography teacher as you leave. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout-outs to Philip Cluseritz. Philip Cluseritz. Big shout-outs. He's so good, dude. Yeah. Um, so for you guys to take this like big annual event and be like, how the fuck do we salvage this? It was really cool to see you guys do it so fast. And um, especially through Twitch, because that is a little bit more of a newer young person thing to do, you know, even opposed to like YouTube live stream and something me and my friends in a group chat who were all watching it together were saying was like, yo, look at the views in here. There's like hundreds of people watching this i don't even know if a harkins theater has hundreds of hundreds of seats so this actually worked out better than (laughs) you know we out we out the harkins theater from last year by about 80 viewers yeah that's currently yeah and you know i think anybody would agree it's always better to go in person and have that live audience experience but you know in terms of getting allowing these people to share their work with others you you guys really um got to make the most out of a bad situation and if anything you know expose their films to even more people than it would have normally seen so that's really cool yeah I'm, I'm glad a lot of people enjoyed it i got a lot of very nice messages about you know i'm really glad this happened and you guys really killed it and we really appreciate it and so it was good it was good and it was a fun time and i loved like getting the interviews from the directors and stuff too so like there was some there was something uh we tried to make something out of nothing. I think we did yeah. pretty well. Well, I think um, I think your guys's AFA board stood out to me as like doing a particularly good job with your community outreach because oh, social media was amazing this year. Yeah, I think yeah. I I think you guys might be my favorite AFA board since when I started because when I started. Um, the president was this filmmaker named Justin Conforti, who was a really, really great guy. He, he was um, in his, like, uh, I would say, like, early 30s or so, um, maybe, maybe late 20s. Sorry, Justin. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the point is, he, you know, he wasn't, like, 19 or something. He was, like, a grown dude. And um, I, I, I believe he was a veteran, even. And um, he was just, like, a really straightforward, just, like, nice guy who cared. And I remember being in those intern rooms and them talking about, like, raising all the money they did to get that um, Valley Art thing as good as it was. And um, they would try really hard with the crew fairs where people would come in and pitch their movies to each other and try to make it feel like there was a community, um, which is something... That's, you know, like organic community engagement, whether or not you're a film person or like a skater or whatever the fuck, you know, it's like it takes a legitimate push to make something like that happen. Absolutely. You know, and it kind of comes and goes, comes and goes. You got to, you know, keep that alive. So uh, I really noticed that that you guys seem to make like a strong effort to seem like you were trying to make the film school seem like a cool thing and like it should be a communal thing and people should be like interacting with it more. Yeah. That was a conscious effort. We really wanted to bring as like as many people in as we could. And, you know, cause I think there's something about the, I mean, now that I'm graduated, I can say this, the first like two years of, of any film person's um, college career undergraduate is like entirely prereqs and you don't really do anything film related so it can become kind of exhausting and you'll you'll start to question if like you know you're not really getting inspired enough to you know keep wanting to like learn the art 
Yeah. But then, like, the third year is, like, where everyone changes. You get, like, a bunch of capstones. You're making a 300 film. You're meeting people. They're inviting you to sets. The third year is, like, the plateau, and then, you know, you're good for the rest of the time, and you're getting fulfilled. But those first two years, like, we need to, like, help those people realize that you just got, like, if you were passionate about it, you got to stick through it. So I think that was one thing we were trying to do, and, I mean... Our social media person this year, Rachel, was amazing. She killed that. We were doing what, takeovers. And what, what was her <laughs> la- what was her last name? Is Rachel Kennedy. And uh, what does she do as a filmmaker? I don't even know if she's a film. I don't think she's a film major. I think okay. she's some kind of. Oh God, I'm sorry, Rachel, if you're listening to this. <laughs> I really, I really. <laughs> I no, don't think she's. I don't think she's. <laughs> She's really interested in film, and I think she wants to work in film, but I don't think she's a film okay. major. Yeah, well, but she's cool. She did a great job. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, something I noticed you guys did recently is you had all of the, um, all of your guys' different members, um, you included, like, have different, like, takeover days on the stories, and you guys had to, like, just decide what you were going to do for the day. Yep. Dude, your shit was so fucking funny oh my god <laughs> i i literally i didn't see your um story updates until uh the next day at like the 23 hours later mark like right when it was going to be vanished forever and i'm so glad i saw it uh-huh. because awesome. you <laughs> just from like talking i might even just cut it in here at some point i don't know because i screen <laughs> I, I screen recorded like three of them hell yeah <laughs> because <laughs> You were just talking about like Paddington Two, and somebody made you play Wonderwall, and then you just started arm wrestling your dad and yeah. just <laughs> shit, shit like that. Um, you know, because I I think with um, I, I I think with film school um, and like artists and in, in in general, like there can. I think it's easy to like maybe like foster like a sense of like elitism or if that's a word, you know, uh, and just, I don't know. Like, I think you guys like did a really good job just kind of making that like community feeling of just, because when I was, when I was a freshman, something, I, I, I went to pretty much every capstone showcase there ever was. Same. Yeah. I love those. And since there's, um, two, graduating uh graduation ceremonies per year um you 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 get um two a year so in a three and a half year track that's like uh god this is basic multiplication how many ceremonies is that (laughs) (laughs) is that seven i think think, dude i lost count too anyways but yeah like i remember um just always wanting to try to know at least one or two people from every graduating cohort above me. And I, I, um, I did like a decent job of that. And then as I was a sophomore, I knew a handful of people of the younger people below me. But by the time I was like a second semester sophomore or a junior or whatever you would call it, um, I, I had already stopped knowing people. And that's where I probably would have naturally known who you are. But I, I think I met you like literally like the night of my capstone showcase or something like that. Like I met, I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think you and I met around when I graduated and um, like, like now we're really good friends, but it just, Mm -hmm. uh, so lately I've been trying to make a a bigger effort to like know some of the, 
like I can't even say younger people because like obviously you and I are the same age, but you know just like <laughs> recently graduating people as well as as well as younger people. Um, yeah, just because there's uh, something. I, I think you would agree. Like, I, Tempe is just filled with like so many talented artists. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah, a lot of really talented people. The, our, my cohort, I feel, I really think was stacked. That was a stacked cohort. We had Brandon Rip, we had Keegan Luther, we had Moses Lowey, we had me, of course, we had Allery. Mm-hmm. We had there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of really talented people in that cohort. And yeah. I mean, I, I forgot a couple names, but I mean, you guys are talented too, just because I can't remember your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brand, Brandon and Dewey, they were they were like a dynamic duo. I, I met I met the two of them because they um they they wound up doing like first and second AC work on a short film that I had shot at one point. So I met them like two years ago, and I I just kind of arranged like a preliminary meeting with them to get to know them and kind of talk cameras and stuff. And I was like, oh, they they should be teaching me stuff. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're cool. They're they're great. Brandon Rip won the tech award at the senior showcase that I also ran. Dear God. Oh God. Um, so so you did that too. Yeah. So the school like we I put out a bunch of videos on social media about how we were gonna do the AFA Film Festival. Um, and how like we plan to do it online. So John Akisadana emails me, who's, if you guys don't know, he's the editing professor and he's one of like the big cheeses at the ASU film school. Yeah. He emails me and he's like, you guys are doing it online. Like, I'd love to chat about it and like, see how you guys are doing it and pick your brain. So I told him how we were going to do it. Um, and he was like, wow, this is a great idea. Uh, I really appreciate you guys doing this. And then like two weeks later they emailed me and they're like, you just want to do ours too? Okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. So they sent me all the content and I threw it in a streaming software. I switched Zoom live. I switched between films and stuff. And Okay. Wow. So you, so you were doing all of that through like an external software that kind of allows it to like host all that content like simultaneously and YouTube live and Twitch live. And that's how you were able to like load like 20 films and have it just go so smoothly. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to reveal my secrets. Your, your sauce. You can't give up I mean, all the sauce. I mean, it's, 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 it's honestly so simple for anyone that's, like, ever done like any form of, like, live streaming or, Reveal you know, a secret. Twitch help, gaming help streaming. people out. It's, a so, it's just a software, like, what's something it, like X. There's, yeah. one's called, there's one called XSplit. I don't really use that one because it costs money. But I used to stream both the AFA Film Festival and the Senior Showcase uh, Streamlabs OBS. Which is okay. a yeah, which is a freeware software version of OBS that has a lo- a better feature set. I, and I then use, I just I make all o- the scenes, and she just switch between them. I mean, nice. Okay, yeah. I, I I use OBS to screen record and steal YouTube videos. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> anytime, anytime you Google uh, YouTube to MP4 and you click on that link and it doesn't work, I'm like, time to open OBS. <laughs> Hell, and I can send you. I can say I have an archive of both days of the senior showcase and the uh, AFA Film Festival. If you want to like cut that into the podcast somehow. Oh, awesome! Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know if like any of the filmmakers wouldn't want me to do that, but maybe I could like do. Well, some you don't sort show. Of... You, you can show like the in betweens, like the host segments and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have to show the film, um, or maybe some of the films. I don't so what you just said makes a lot of sense that you were uh, the guy behind the curtain of the senior showcase because um, 
me and um, some other film school friends, we were all talking during the showcase about how um, the Capstone Showcase was being live streamed through Twitch. And, you know, that is definitely put up normally more by the professors than uh, the festival. And um, my friends were just kind of like, man, I would kill to be in the room where Jonaki Sedana, Adam Collis, and uh, so-and-so said, let's use Twitch. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like literally. And then we were all thinking, how did that happen? That would never happen. (laughs) That genuinely happened. I was sitting in, I was sitting at my computer, and I look at my phone, and Adam, literally it says Adam Collis is calling me. I'm like, why the hell is Adam Collis calling me? And I answer it, and he's like, hey, yeah. Nick, I think you could use this software to run the show. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. Ad- Adam's like the nicest guy. He just wants to help students. Oh, it's he's the best, man. I love yeah. him. He's really is great. And, yeah. dude, the craziest moment of that was literally – we, we had like a little green room set up for the Zoom call that we were in, that we were hosting the show in. And there was a point where every single member of faculty, except for like two or three film faculty, were in the same Zoom call. So it was like all the professors, all the production people, which was like me and Allery and Rosemary, mm-hmm. and like Jason, Jason Scott, who was hosting it. And it was the, it was the biggest clusterfuck of a Zoom call with all the professors in there, like cracking at Lamont and Adam Collis is <laughs> laughing. And cause Lamont, like <laughs> the night before wore like a t- full tuxedo to the zoom call. Oh my God. So we were all just like cracking jokes at him. So which, now, which, which one did it? Who wore wait, the tux? Who wore Chris the Lamont, tux? professor oh, Lamont. That, that adds up. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> he wore like this full, like Oscars tuxedo to the zoom call. Oh gosh. I mean, he was announcing the producer award, but no, so, that's, I mean, that's, that's cool. <laughs> it was really funny though. That's fun. Paul um, the Nick, the Paul Denigris in the ch- who's another professor in oh, the Twitch chat was like, "Hey, so, like Lamont just pull- finds any excuse to wear the suit." Yeah, story about Paul. So Paul used to teach at a at a different film school that a lot of people in Arizona don't know about. So there's a school called the U. Uh, I believe it's the University of Advanced Technology. It's UAT. And yeah. it's like exactly across the street from Fry's Electronics on Southern, so it's over by uh, it's over by Arizona Mills. Yeah, it, do- it from from the street, it does not look like a school. So they specialize in just like anything technology and nerdy. So they, as a film school, mostly offer like visual effects, uh, special effects, makeup. Like those are their it seems like they're encouraged focuses. And I, I think like I looked into it once and like for foreign language, like I think like they even had things like Japanese or stuff like that. Like it, it um, it just, anyways, it, um, I wound up uh, learning about the school because there's a really great um, filmmaker. Uh, he's originally from Australia, but he went on to be like w- one of the absolute best, filmmakers like from arizona who i knew um his name is uh jordan whipple and um because me and my buddies uh sophomore year we used to host um a monthly film showcase at a coffee house and he was the first person to ever submit to us and we saw his movie and um see his his like favorite filmmaker is like jim jarmusch and david lynch oh wow okay well 
And the, I like this guy. Yeah, and the movie he sent us was totally in that style, and it was like Australian, and we were like, yo, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we found out that there's like this like tech school that like also was a film school just like over and you would never know about it um so in addition to scottsdale community college like there's you know yeah there's like there's like trade schools that also offer um film routes you know for anyone who might be listening to this you know considering learning stuff at a institution and uh do (laughs) yeah yeah you know what's so funny too is um you know like when you go to rent out equipment at asu um, it's like a pretty arduous, uh, task. And so if you, stupid. and and every single time you have to, you're making a movie for class, you kind of have to have a safety meeting. If there's anything in there that's remotely a safety risk. Um, and what's funny is like animals is a safety risk. So if your movie, if your script so much as like, has like a goldfish in yep. it, <laughs> <laughs> you got to like go set up this meeting and be like, hey, my script has a goldfish in it. Can you sign off on this? You know, um, it's the worst. What I, I went over to help out um, Jordan with one of his movies, which they were filming on campus. And mm-hmm. I remember like I was helping I was helping them uh, set up and like they're getting everything going. They had all the crew members and like it was a really cool looking production. And then he was like, OK, we should go get the camera. And I walk with him downstairs, and he goes to to the equipment cage. They hadn't even rented it yet, and they were like minutes away from from shooting. Oh and, my god! And, and no, here's the thing: at this school, that's just fine because he was like, "Hey, can I get like the Ursa?" And they're like, "Here you go." And what? Then, yeah, and the thing is too, they were filming like a like a hardcore like horror movie, and so he walked over to the security guard. And he was like, hey, so we're filming like a slasher upstairs. So if you hear uh, horrific screaming, that's what that is. And the guy was just like, great. <laughs> and, I awesome. w- and I was like, this that is, is awesome. so, and I was like, this is so different. <laughs> that, well, that just makes me upset. I just hear a lot about SCC too and how great they are. And then I'm just like, yeah, SCC just saved money. Um, yeah, my old. My old roommate, he he went to SEC. Uh, Riker Wells. He Riker Riker for someone in our age group, he has done more grip and electric work than like anyone. I think wow. like like, okay. like like um and like Quin- Quinlan like he he's done like oh, a fuck, yeah. fu- he's done like a fuck ton of stuff and like I know he but you know Q he's mostly focused on being a director and a writer and I know he doesn't really want to light things anymore um yeah R- Riker he was the type of guy where he um he was like legit like jumping on like Arizona like commercial sets all the time wow um, so he he came from SCC which was like a lot more of the way he described it they they kind of we're a lot more hands-on with like equipment and like that, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like with ASU, I think, I think the main difference is since it is like this four year university setting, um, it's, it's like the pros and cons because I think they kind of keep you waiting a little bit longer to do stuff like that. But it's also because like by the numbers, if freshman year you have like, 300 people in this film 101 lecture hall you can't give all of them like a camera you know yeah yeah um it's tough there's a there's too many i mean 
I don't know. I feel like they could be doing something, though. They could do something. I feel like they need to do FMP 300 earlier. No, I totally agree. There was this one time um, I literally sent a professor a message telling them, like, hey, I think you should take the curriculum and literally make it inverse where you literally make, like, film history and film 101 and all those things, like, your senior yes. year classes. Because in my opinion, like, if you started kids off with, like, film 300 and directing and cinematography the kids who are like passionate about it and like are really about like teaching themselves things and going out and making movies they're gonna do it and they're gonna like get that energy going in their blood yeah and and the people who they're slackers and they realize like oh this isn't really for me you know like they they they'll get staved off and they'll change their major yeah but and then I think that puts them in a position where then if their junior and senior year is sent is spent rather um, taking history classes and business classes, now they've already spent a few years doing these production classes. Oh, sorry, my uh, phone. It's an, al- it, it's, it's an alarm. <laughs> uh, it's like call Nick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, then like those students could. Um, spend their final years in school with like an easier course like an easier course load but they have all this knowledge inside of them now and then they could spend like more of their free time just making even more stuff because they have a built muscle for it and they might even have a firmer appreciation for the history that they're learning because i don't know about you but when i was a freshman i i when they were teaching me like film history and stuff like i just could not care yeah i I was i didn't appreciate it I appreciate it so much now. I literally, <laughs> yeah. I like recently now, had, now I I had to retake film history just now in my last semester, and oh, I was really? like, "This is fucking awesome." I learned so much, um, and I was really enjoying it. Back sophomore year, dear, I like didn't care at all. Not, yeah. not at all. Yeah. Um, so I agree. I think that plan is amazing. I think they should implement that next year. Yeah. the The other thing is. Um, I found that, you know, in these history classes, you would wind up getting, like, a lot of people raising their hand to, like, talk and try to, like, flex their knowledge, you know? And you mm-hmm. would get these kids basically trying to prove that they know more about Citizen Kane than the other guy. And, like, as if, like, that makes them a better filmmaker, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and like, I, rem- I remember I even kind of did it one or two times where I felt like... I was like extra smart or something and like maybe like when I rose my hand and gave my little diatribe about my favorite movie like that made me better or something but it really doesn't not not better no. than other, not better than other people but just like better as a filmmaker you know like personally and I think the problem with that is people kind of start to think like oh if I just cram all this knowledge of the greats into my brain I'll be this encyclopedia and then I just become one of them but it's like no like so much of work so much of learning is problem solving and experimenting and it's like if you're not if you're not doing any of that then you're not gaining hardly anything you just know a bunch of facts you've just seen a bunch of films now now go make them yeah it's not that easy (laughs) yeah it's not at all like and that's why that's another reason why i think they should be making films earlier because then you can just you can add more make a make a film classes to the curriculum Mm -hmm. and they we can walk away from graduation with maybe 
three or four decent short films and then like a capstone that's probably your best work and you probably have like five short films to leave you have like a pretty good reel dps will have a bunch of films editors will have a bunch of films did you do an editing reel as a capstone did you have a senior thesis i didn't have a thesis um for cap for my capstone it was just you edit the two films that i had and then you make an editing reel okay yeah i did a narrative one what were those two movies? I edited uh, Daniel Lindine's 200,000, and I edited Grace Flores's Toluene. Okay. And then I also edited uh, Kayla Deweese's Lipstick, but that's kind of in a... Okay. It, it's in a weird place right now. So. Gotcha. I saw those first two. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so you, you want to be an editor like more than anything. That's, that's your primary focus. You're an editor. Yeah, I think I, I have a I have a new fondled passion for writing a script and directing it. So okay. I, that's something I want to try doing too. Great, great. Um, but yeah, I put it on my little uh, ASU filmmakers like bio. I was like, I want to win an editing Oscar, and anything that leads me to that point, I'm fine with. We um, so. I'd, lo- I'd I'd love to deep dive into like why you're an editor, but just really quick, since this is like a uh, maybe like a new spark for you. What's what's got you into wanting to write and direct lately? I don't know. Um, Chan- Chandler Chavez, shout out to Chandler Chavez, has always told me like Nick, you should just start writing something. I feel like you would just be really, you're just really funny. Like it'll probably be a great script. And I was like, okay. So I've I've been like for the last couple of years, I've just been like, ooh, that'd be a good script idea. I'll like jot it down yeah. on my phone. So I'm trying to like build a process of like writing a couple pages every day or something, just so like yeah. I can start actually getting a groove of it. And then I was like, okay, I'm writing these. I mean, I guess I'll direct it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I really love I love the idea of directing. And I mean, I had my 300 film, but in my 300 film, I was a little checked out as a was, but was, I, I, I want to like be able to put everything into it and like make a film I'm like really passionate about and actually direct it. Yeah, so. was that um was that 300 film uh, Hulk hands? No, I wish, man. That would have been rad. Okay, the, um, Hulk hands was just a passion project that we did once uh, Chandler had graduated already. So, so you remind me when when I first met you because I remember I met you outside uh, the Galvin Theater. Yeah. I, you, mm-hmm. When I approached you, had I already seen Hulk Hands, or was that the second time I met you that I was freaking out about Hulk Hands? I don't remember, but I remember you. Yes, I remember you fascinated by Hulk Hands. Yeah. Okay. So he, so here's here's the thing. So Nick directed this wonderful short. Film oh, I called, didn't direct it. Chandler did. Okay. Sorry. Chandler did, Chavez. What What was your What was your main participation with that movie? I was the lead in the film, and I edited it. Okay, so you edited yeah. it. I okay. may as well have co-directed it, but I mean that's neither here gotcha. nor there. You know? Got gotcha. you. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, yeah. I, I apologize to Chandler. I haven't, no. I haven't seen, I haven't seen it in like two years. But I just remember, um, so you, because you being the main character, you do like the voiceover as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like that, that movie is like such a surreal. <laughs> it is very weird. It's, it's such a weird skit. You guys took like a YouTube comment and like turned it into a whole like tragedy of this guy <laughs> who like s- faces his bullies. It, right? it, it is a real Amazon um, joke 
review written by an actual comedian that we got permission from and we are in communication with. His name's James Etchison. Okay. But Chandler thought it was so funny. He's like, dude, I saw this Amazon review and I was dying. Like, I think I'm going to write a script of it. Yeah. And he wrote it in like, I think it was literally like three days. Okay. And he was like, dude, we're filming this. And so we started having production meetings and he was, he was like, Nick, I want you to be the, the guy. And I'm like, all right. Okay. I mean, we're at well, the, we were at the point at that point where I, he was just like, okay, you're acting in it. And I was like, okay, when do I show up? Like, I don't even really have a choice. I'm just there. Well, then um, shout out Chandler then for doing such a good job. I, uh, I, I, guess, I guess in my head it was, it was more you, but, but you are like the main character in everything. And That's like, fair. You, and, and you do such a good job being that guy. <laughs> <laughs> because because I remember oh yeah so here here's the thing I remember when I approached you and I was freaking out about it you didn't want to talk about it at all you you wanted you wanted to forget you wanted to forget was, about it completely you you were like let's not talk about this but I was I was I was not being sarcastic I was like this is one of the best things I've seen in a long time <laughs> I the, appreciate that and man. and the, and and the reason why is because I am um, one I just I just love comedy like a lot and that's like honestly the reason like I wanted to be a filmmaker but the other thing is I remember um in my cohort we had uh, a filmmaker uh DJ uh Birch who's, who's a great writer oh yeah and I just hung yeah I just met him at a well I didn't meet him I hung out with him at a social distance birthday party sure sure yeah um so there was this thing where for his 300 <clears throat> for his 300 film he wrote this really dense sci-fi script and we were in the and we were in the process of shooting it and it, it was dense for like a class movie to be done in a month yeah simultaneously he also wrote and directed a whole other short film that was basically like a sorkin style thing wow okay he he entered it in a film festival and won that film festival oh hell yeah so he was doing this simultaneously and and during this time, every now and again, like, just strange things would happen with him. Like, maybe he would invite somebody over to the house that normally wouldn't come over. And we were just like, why is so-and-so here? And then you would just, like, forget about it. Yeah. So, and we just never finished his main movie for class. And we were like, man, DJ's going to get an F. Or, man, DJ's not getting this done. Or maybe he was in over his head. Like, what the heck's going on? boy so like so so class starts right and he starts playing his film and it's one of the scenes from his movie that we shot but it's like in the middle of the movie it's not even the intro and we're just like man i guess he just kind of gave up and then it glitches out and it turns into this documentary about why he didn't finish his movie and it's and it's like legitimately really well done, and <laughs> and it's like a really well done documentary about why he didn't make his assignment, and he goes into the long history about how his script was too long and how he was making this other movie, and it's featuring like talking head interviews with us, our friends are in it, but we didn't know we were in it because when he recorded us he like didn't tell us that it was happening and he would like apparently have people over put them in a room 
give them some words to read, not tell them what it was, and then just tell them to leave and never ask about it again until they literally forgot it happened. That's incredible. So he contrived this, like, whole thing. And to me, what what the structure of, like, a university wants you to do, you know, they don't want you to do that at all. Like they, want, like, they want you to, you know, they want you to experiment and make good work. But, you know, for the most part, you know, they want you to, like, follow rules and make, you, you know what I mean? So like I know I, exactly what you mean. And, and it also just takes a certain sense of humor, you know? It was, like, that movie was almost just, like, a middle finger. <laughs> yeah. So, so when I saw Hulk Hands, it was the first time I got that feeling in a long time. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. About About some ASU filmmakers. I was just like, holy shit, this is crazy. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, it was, Chandler's very, like, balls to the wall, like, very dark. We did, we're, we did another film. It's called In the Company of Death. It's in it. It's picture locked, but we're working on some other post stuff right now, and it's very much the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for people to see that. That one's like 20 minutes. There's a there's a 9/11 joke. There's <laughs> Dude. there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of horse crap in there, but it's the fun. Uh, the classic go to. <laughs> yep. I um. So, Yo, so, can I go to the bathroom real quick? I'm literally about to pee myself. Yeah, please, please do. <laughs> Two minute break, real quick. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just cu- we'll just cut this out because I've been staring at my water right, bottle for just, so long. When I leave, just say he went to pee and keep talking. I've had the poop this whole time. Oh no! <laughs> that was the greatest pee of all time. Nothing like a nothing like a podcast Zoom pee break. Nothing like an outfit change either, Mike. I know, dude. I, I I literally I was so excited to do a, a interview style conversation podcast again because it's been so long. Do you? Th- I made a I made a coffee coke to celebrate, and you know it made me have to pee so bad. <laughs> oh, you drank a a coffee coke? Those are like delicious and dangerous. Very dangerous, man. I haven't had one in in months because you know it's terrible for you, but they're. A lot of fun to drink. I, so. I don't. I don't know if you heard the June episode of of my show, but we we roasted you for your for your bang drinking. Ah, <laughs> oh, fucking June. <laughs> God damn it. She was like, I just got back from nothing, and that man is all bang. <laughs> it's all bang. It's I, uh, I I I was I was big into bangs, dude. Yeah, I remember you gave me a sip of Wood Woods that I was like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> I get it. They're amazing. They're amazing. I haven't had them, a lot of them since I lived in Tempe. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I used to have them a lot when I worked at SCS and stuff, but um, God. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if you did work there or not. I, I, I worked there. Yeah, I know. We know that. I, uh, well, well, I worked fu- there from like May, May 2018 to like May 2019. Well, what's really funny is uh, Justin, that um, president of the same club you're president of, um, he's he worked there, and he's the reason I worked there. He he showed me the place. Wow! Hell so, yeah! So there's actually been like six years worth of generations of film students that worked in that freaking basement. It's kind of crazy. And Allery was the president of the AFA, and she introduced it to me because they needed help when I was at SCS. So Dan it was Dixon the other way around too. Does not know how good he had it. Dan Dixon <laughs> really does not know. How, we had a super team down there. I, June I Hucko was there I, I too. 
I shouldn't say that. That that man dealt with a lot of bullshit. <laughs> he dealt with a lot of bullshit. He he really did. Shout out Dan. Happy retirement, bud. <laughs> yeah. Um let, let me uh let me ask you before I move on to talking about uh your podcast just to go over you as an editor really quick. What what made you want to be an editor? I'm I'm always because I I kind of I enjoy editing, but I also started doing it out of necessity because I always wanted to be a director and a cinematographer initially but in order to do that on my own I was like I gotta edit my own videos so and then I started doing it and I found what was enjoyable about it I think for somebody to want to be an editor inherently that's always an interesting thing to me so like what mm-hmm. what, what what got you there that's an interesting question um I think it's kind of kind of around the same the same thing you were saying um, I, I came to ASU wanting to be a cinematographer. Okay. Um, and by like the end of my third year, I realized like I've been editing this whole time. I'm always like the guy that's like, oh yeah, I'll edit it. And they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. And like, I've been editing for so long, like underneath trying to learn how to do cinematography. I was like, I think this is probably what I want to be doing actually. Okay. Um, and then once I started actually, once I like told myself I am an editor and I edited more projects and learned the workflow and you know the thought process and making choices like that that was like this is where i want to be nice yeah you know what i just realized this is the most interviewee podcast i've done normally it's just kind of <laughs> normally it's kind of just way more free flowy i just realized i've just been like ask, like I don't, I don't think it's inherently a bad thing i just I <laughs> you got this you got the superstar guest on apparently i I, th- I think it's the zoom thing i think it's because like you're in front of me and i'm like what what do we have anyways yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is <laughs> i feel you it's good it's, it's cool though i'm enjoying this yeah yeah um so yeah, so you you were just you were just doing it out of necessity for a while, and then you realized I think I kind of like this more. I'll just keep doing it. Yeah, it, like essentially, and, and you know, in high school, I was in all the media productions classes, and we made all these dorky videos, and I would cut them together. And I watched a lot of YouTube back then, and I still watch a lot of YouTube now. It's pretty embarrassing. Dude, I, well, I like binge YouTube channels. It's so bad. I no, dude, I binge YouTube more than anything else. And yes. Like, and in high school, I, I I binged TV like crazy, and I always did. And I always watched a bunch of movies, too. But I think I always kind of watched TV more than anything. And uh, it, in college, I didn't have as much time for any of my interests, even including music, um, just because I was making so much. So I, I kind of still, I think, enjoyed the three at like equal levels. They were just all diminished. And then since graduating, movies and tv really took the back burner to to just really re sparking my passion for music because i realized just how much that was really going down just the more and more i was getting invested in in movies you know yeah um, so so lately i've been it's been fun like reinvigorating like movie and tv passion but like i gotta say like the <laughs> YouTube is just that good shit because it's just like the portal to the universe. Like everything exists there. It's like every any fucking person you could humanly think of is just uploading the craziest stuff ever. And the content is also Oh my god. <sighs> the content is also professional at the mm-hmm. same time. There's so many channels that are putting in like putting in a lot of effort into making their videos quality and yeah. they have like no, you know, they have no studio limitations. They have no like uh, distribution limitations. Like they can literally just make whatever they want. Like H three Productions is amazing, and 
Captain Disillusion is amazing and What's so many cr- good YouTube channels. What's crazy about YouTube as a service is it the the basic function of what it is is exactly the same as it's always been. Like we we've had access to global free distribution for almost like 20 years now and it's just now converging to this point where we're all like oh wait we could have been doing it like this this whole time yeah <laughs> and part yeah. of that is and part of it that is definitely because the surrounding technology is cheaper because for instance just a few years ago a 64 gigabyte sd card could be like $80 or so now you can get a 256 sd card for that same amount which is insane mm-hmm. um so it is partially because of the surrounding technology and especially smartphones, you know, not everybody had a super good quality camera around or video editing software. But like the the reason I'm bringing this up is because honestly, some, some of the channels I enjoy the most these days are the ones that don't put in a lot of effort and they're good anyways. Yeah. Because those ones blow me away. Like I found, I found like uh, my roommate, Nick, he was showing me, he was like, you, you know what you need to spice up your algorithm with? And I was like, what, Nick? And he was like, beekeeper YouTube, dude. Ugh. If you go watch these videos. No, no, no trust me. No, trust me. Don't <laughs> trust me. If you go watch these videos of these guys who, re- who remove beehives, it's, it's bananas. <laughs> I've, I, went on, I went on a bad tangent once on YouTube watching videos of this guy that does um, floor cleaning. He'll spray shit in the carpet and like, scrape, and like massage it and then he'll like spray it up and he'll show all the black water that comes out when it's done. It's like so satisfying to watch. So, so you're telling me you're a fan of floor cleaning YouTube but you just turned your nose up at beekeeping? <laughs> yes it is very it is very territorial in the youtube the niche youtube crowd game the the dog in this room just successfully ate a fly out of the air and oh. i think and i think he impressed himself that's awesome good for him man <laughs> yeah the fly's not fully dead so anyways L- at least someone's fulfilled in the quarantine <laughs> um yeah, and dude, YouTube's great. I found this one guy recently. It's I'm going to send this to you. I, I don't know how else to describe it. This dude basically made, like, n- not a jetpack, but it's kind of better than a jet. He, You know those boats that, like, swamp people have where it's, like, a giant fan in the yeah. back? And the boat is being driven by, like, one of those giant fans that's, like, behind a gate? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I can't, okay. I can't remember speedboat. Uh, yeah, motorboat. Yeah, fan speed, boat? speedboat. Speedboat. Okay, so imagine a speedboat fan, but in front of it there's a seat, and then above it there's like a hang glider, and then in the front there's like there's like almost like kite controls. This this like rural farmer guy, literally like zips up to like airplane height. And just flies through the South, just doing his thing. So you, so YouTube recently it recommended what? This, yeah, this 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 you YouTube recommended me this video recently, and it said um, testing out if I can fly to McDonald's to get a McDouble. And he he fully 
He's like, I'm going to I'm going to go get a burger and he just gets on his thing. He flies to McDonald's. I'm going to go get a burger. He he I I don't want to like characterize him as like stupid or anything. He's clearly smarter than me, honestly, and a very talented pilot. He built a pi- fucking airplane out of a and, boat. Yeah, and clearly a talented pilot. And honestly, this might be like a pre-existing thing that I just don't know about. This might be a whole community, but freaking this guy I'm look this up <laughs> because I don't I don't I don't know if he built it yeah yeah pull it up um I would love to be at the point with the podcast that I can just pull up clips the way like Joe I Rogan know. can <laughs> same. same yeah see if you can find um flying to McDonald's just type that in and see what shows up flying airboat yeah yeah here flying to McDonald's on my paramotor Yep, that's it. Yeah, that's it. His name is Tucker Gott. Yep, that's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull that up and just jump to the middle really quick. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll superimpose the video into the podcast later so people can see what we're talking about while you're watching. Okay, it right I'm now. at, I'm at, I'm gonna click to six minutes exactly in three, two, one, click. Okay, he's in, he's in McDonald. Oh, he, he, I think he already got here. Okay, yeah, j- jump forward. He's he'll eat the burger while he's flying in the air. It's 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 fucking Jesus. bananas. Okay, seven minutes and three, two, one, click. Holy, sh- he's got a GoPro on his shoe, bro. Yeah, this yeah, this dude's go- just he ha- flying. Yeah, he has GoPros attached to like the heel tips of his shoe, so he can film himself up there. This guy's a maniac. He's about to chow down on a McDouble or something. Yeah, so this is what I'm saying. Like, the channels that don't try that hard with their video production, but the content of what they're making is just unbelievably good, those are the channels I've been really obsessed with lately. This this guy, this guy's wild. Oh, he's eating a chicken sandwich. Good for him, man. <laughs> how, the, how, how, the, how the hell is he in the air like this? Dude, I, I always tell people... You need to just throw wrenches into your algorithm. You need to search shit that you normally would never search because then your homepage starts recommending you the most fire stuff ever. Like, it's anyways. <laughs> That's a this is this is kind of what I was talking about when I met a new format. I think I might want to do like an open tabs podcast. Ooh, I, I just find weird shit and I watch it like live and like basically do live commentary for it Ooh. and just live stream it on Twitch. That'd be sick, honestly. Oh wait, so it'd be a podcast or it'd be a live stream? It'd be it'd be both. Like we would live we could live stream it live and have live guests, but then yeah. I would record save the recordings as a pod. It'd kind of be like a Ancient Aliens like with Action Bronson. Yeah, it could be something like that, but I'd be like, okay, so uh, I'm having Zane Barry on. Yeah, and I, I want to I want to do this weird that. thing where people jerk off to girls sinking in quicksand, and we're gonna watch it together. I was so afraid with what the rest of that sentence was gonna be. <laughs> I was like, "Please don't say anything cancelable. Please don't say." I won't. I won't get you canceled. I've already been canceled. It's fine. Oh, have you? No. Welcome back, dear God. If I got if I got canceled. I don't think it, riches story. Well, see, the thing is, is, like, I don't think you can be because if you just keep making what you make, then <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can say I'm canceled all you want, but if I put the movie out, still, I mean, yeah, I mean, I didn't do any, I didn't do anything that deserved to get canceled, though. Okay, so please don't, don't, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, not yeah, make yeah, this yeah. a thing where people think I'm canceled. Yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe I made it worse. Anyways. <laughs> Every Zane Berry podcast fan is like, what the? This dude sucks, man. 
No, canceled. look at him. No, look at him. He has the dinosaur shirt. How, how I'm wearing. Can... I'm wearing a dinosaur shirt, man. You can't. You can't fault me as a human being when I'm no, wearing a dinosaur shirt. Honestly, dude, I I would want to do that show with you because I have just the craziest YouTube links. <laughs> and, and yeah, like, dude. And my friends oh, do yeah. too. Like like fucking. I, I was just saying, my roommate Nick, he's showing me Beehive YouTube. Uh, my other roommate Elijah, like he's always just like, look at this, and I'm like, how did you find this? <laughs> <laughs> dude aqua- yeah. i found i uh algorithm gave me aquarium youtube delightful <laughs> aquarium youtube's probably good too it's, there's a lot is. of weird there's a lot of weird sections of youtube man yeah like yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pull up youtube right now and see what it's recommending me yeah i i think it's just a good time for everybody to just kind of be making stuff you know and and nobody should feel like pressured like they have to either because i think that's the first step to like feeling manic or low self-esteem or even like ruining the whole point of it you know but it's like if you do something interesting or you're a little bit bored you know it's like yeah might as well just find a way to share this because like we're saying there's like so many channels that the video production side it's extremely technically low quality but like the content itself is like amazing yeah, like a lot of the great H3H3 productions, like um, reaction videos that are so funny, were filmed on like clearly what was like a Sony Handycam. Yeah. But like the editing and the performance by the, the guy is so funny that I mean, you just watch it anyway. And you can binge the hell out of those. They're all like 10 minutes long. I have a weird relationship with H3. Like I, I, I found out about them because of their podcast, actually. And, and then I realized like, oh, these are like YouTube, like OG types. And, and and I, and then I saw the vape nation video and I was like, oh, okay. I definitely know about this, you know? Yeah. Um, it's this thing where I tune into their podcast every now and again and, and, you know, they get good guests because of their level of YouTube dumb. And I, I think that they're like a level of, um, like they kind of understand how the internet works and things like oh, that. Absolutely. So, so, so they don't let like dumb mainstream culture stuff kind of get to their heads sometimes. But I also find that Ethan can just be like so neurotic and just like not intuitive as an interviewer that I find that sometimes when they're trying to generate their own conversation, when they don't have guests, I can find it kind of dull and when they do find guests, sometimes I'm just like yelling at the screen, like, just do better, Ethan, please. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying like I'm the best at all. Like this is our 10th episode. Also, shout out you for being episode 10. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. I'm glad. That's awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, but you know, like H3, that you know, they get people from like Bill Burr to Andrew Yang or whoever. So I'm always just like, yeah, I'll, I'll click in. But yeah. Did you watch their uh, Papa John episode? Dude, I haven't watched it yet. I'm like, <laughs> Loki, it makes me nervous. It's like, <laughs> I, I just have like a strange feeling it's going to be like really awkward and hard I, to watch. That's that's what I'm like, that's how I feel about a lot of their episodes. I, I watched half of it. Um, my, my favorite part was when they, they bring out a bunch of pizzas and they have him like rate them. But the thing that's that you. All- yeah, because he was. <laughs> but then you remember like oh wait they have corporate standards so he's actually using like approximate like measurements like oh the crust is supposed to be this many inches so i give this a 
this is incredible. I really need to watch this. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's just so dry though. Like it's not even as funny as like I'm describing. It's just like a it is what it is type thing. That is it's very it's very funny to hear Papa John Shatner talk about Papa John's though. So I think yeah. I do need to I think I need to watch that. Um yeah, what what sort of stuff stuff has been like making you excited lately? I know with like quarantine, everybody's kind of stir crazy. So what what's been what's been kind of stimulating you, my guy? Um, marijuana. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I uh, I had what? to stop doing that as of yesterday. I realized I I, I just can't do that. <laughs> Good for you, man. I uh, am unfortunately not stopped. <laughs> Well, I mean, di- different people are different, you know. You, yeah, you could, you, you could be fine. I just realized, like, oh, this isn't making me feel good. <laughs> no, I feel that sometimes it doesn't. Most of the yeah. time, it's pretty good, though. Yeah, good. I I wish I wish I could say that. <laughs> um, I've been playing like a, I've been trying like back when back when I was very busy. Um, I'll get like I'm, I tend to get very anxious and I have a hard time like shutting down or relaxing, like mm-hmm. in, like taking my mind off work. So, like, the last year or two, I really haven't been, like, playing video games at all. Like, very sparingly. Yeah, same. So, I really, like, so recently when I've had, like, I I have very little to do. I'm on a, a gig right now editing, but I'm kind of waiting for stuff to arrive. Um, So, I've just been playing a lot of Warzone. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, this is, this is honestly, like, really fun. So, I've been playing with people, catching up with them, and playing I, video games and I, stuff. I've so. heard of that game, but I don't know what it is. I, I've always been a Nintendo person, so there's, like, a lot of shit that I'm, like, very arrogant It's actually to. free on Switch, so you could play it as well. But, is, it um, a battle, is it a Battle Royale? It's, it's just the, it's the Call of Duty Battle Royale. Oh, so it's made okay. by Activision, and it's like the official Call of Duty engine. So it feels really good, but it, it's just a battle royale. So like my my relationship with non Nintendo games is, um, you know, like we, we had a PlayStation One so that we could play Spyro, and we had Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three on PC. Sure. Um, and that was kind of it. So then I played Halo Three like a lot when I went to my friend's house. And that game was amazing, but it also has, you know, like its fantasy elements to it, which I think makes it palatable to Nintendo people. Yeah. I remember I remember in early high school, late middle school, when everybody started making the jump to Call of Duty, I was pissed because just the fact that I even had to hold something down to run made me mad. I was like, <laughs> I can't do this. I'm old. I just... That's fair. I just... It, it just everything about it just felt like clunkier to me. Um and then, and then there was, you know, there started to be uh, Left for Dead and Gears of War, and you know, I remember, I being kind of like black and white with the way I thought about things back then, you know, like there's, there's Mario and there's Sonic, there's Halo and there's Call of Duty, you yeah. know. So then when they started adding these other ones, I was like, oh, I guess there's four shooter games, and now obviously there's like, what, like over fifty, yeah, there's <laughs> franchises. Millions. So there's it's a just lot like. Of them. Yeah, like I just feel out of my element with that stuff. But um, the one game like I'm really into uh, in that kind of genre is uh, Overwatch. I really like Overwatch. Oh, I love Overwatch. Yeah, I play a lot of Overwatch. Yeah, I it's a good um, time. And then I, I've I was playing a lot of Animal Crossing, but I took a break to get just like way better at uh, Smash the last few weeks because my one oh, buddy. Oh yeah. Yeah, my one buddy uh, Mark. He uh, he has a channel under the name. Uh, private spicy except it's spelled like p-v-t spicy mm. he, he's basically like pro level smash player and like i 
we've played probably over a hundred games now. I've only beaten him like two or three times and it <laughs> happened very recently. <laughs> and uh yeah, I, I like finally started learning like actual combos. Um, mm-hmm. because, because I'm with you. I think like once you kind of start to get into a productive stint, like there's just certain hobbies you have, like whether or not it's video games or watching TV where you're like, it just feels wrong to sit down and like do something so stagnant. Yep. It's, um, I agree. Exactly. But then you're like, Oh, well, no, this is kind of essential to life. You know, it's like, you gotta <laughs> have, you gotta, you gotta relax too. You gotta have both you- sides of it or else you're going to burn out. You realize when you you realize once you hit the point where you have all a lot of free time and you're able to kind of choose what you want to do, like how important like it would have been to you know working in an hour of video games every day to like relax totally. or something. Oh and yeah, dude, I don't know if you knew, but I was also a pro Smash player. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we used to go to tournaments and stuff. We used to host melee tournaments, which was rad. Oh damn. Yeah. Do you have a Switch? I do. It's somewhere. Oh, I play dude. a lot. I play a lot of Ultimate. Yeah. Oh, we should play sometime and see how bad I lose. <laughs> oh, for sure. We we just had we just recently did a tournament. I, I, I posted an Instagram I, I story in about the- doing online tournaments or hosting like some kind of online tournament thing. I didn't know how many people responded. I might do it again and see. I played in the Hungry Box competition that he threw on. Oh, the box? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was disqualified instantaneously. You lost <laughs> you lost in pools? Uh or I wasn't disqualified, but I just I just lost. What's funny, too, is the two people I lost to, um, I could tell they weren't better than my friend, but, like, they played as um, the one guy was Snake, and then the other guy, I think, was, like, Cloud or something, and I was just, like, oh, my worst enemies, because uh, I'm, like, a Lucas person, and I was just, like... Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm, like, the first guy has too much range, and the other guy is just broken. (laughs) There's a lot of... Smash Brothers, a lot of Smash Brothers comes down to matchups, learning how to play against certain characters and what you should... My my top five... it's weird because I used to think of my top five as one thing, but now that I've been playing more and people who are better than me can kind of tell me, like, hey, I know you think this is your second best character, but you play better as this other guy. So I've had to adjust it in my head. But my top five is uh, Lucas, Toon Link, uh, Villager, Diddy Kong, and probably, like, Dr. Mario. Hell I yeah. I might be boring the shit out of people right now. I'm just naming No, this them. is rad. This is awesome. <laughs> Somebody out there, I don't in know. In Melee, I was in Melee I played entirely Sheik. I was a Sheik main. Yeah, Sheik is like the best character in Melee, I think. That character's tight. Fox is is really stupid in Melee though. Yeah, I know I know Fox is considered the best character and I understand why and he probably is, but I just remember as a kid thinking like, yo, Sheik is the shit. <laughs> yeah, he's really awesome. And yeah. then in, in Ultimate I play uh, I'm a Yoshi main. Nice. And I have I have a young link secondary. I play uh, Bowser and I play. I feel like there's one more. I play a little <laughs> bit of Cloud. I play a little bit of. There's a couple characters. I play a lot of that game though. Dude, dude, the day after of uh, Andrew Yag dropped out, some like gamer guy went up to him and said, "Will you say Bowser players are carried?" And he did it. <laughs> <laughs> So there's this clip of Andrew Yang just saying Bowser players or no he said no he says Bowser mains are carried. That's 
I was there was a there was at one it, point too. It was that like a was news a article. Maid. It's so fun, dude. Bowser maids are ridiculous because like you're not supposed to be good as him, but then when I'm you so dirty with Bowser, bro. It's so fun. Oh, uh, dude, we gotta play. Yeah, uh, yeah. People underestimate Yoshi too. He's like a fucking tank. Yoshi, I'm dude. It's I'm because, so dumb with Yoshi. It's stupid. It's because all of his smash attacks and his aerial attacks just have like such a like a like a blast to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, um, when are you going to start doing nothing with Nick Johnson again? Where's your podcast? See, I, t- I talked about it in the AFA takeover because Eric asked me about it. Shout out to Eric. Okay. Um, so, this is he, dub- so this is double duty right now? You've already done yeah, your... Yeah. So the reason I, I haven't uploaded since the middle of February. Yeah. Um, so it's been a while. three almost Almost four months. We're coming up on four months. Well... We, we've all been through a lot since then. So it's, un- it's, it's understandable. <laughs> that feels like about six years since I uploaded it, the last one. It really does. But um, <laughs> but it, the, the reason I originally stopped doing it was because I wasn't a big fan of the format of the show that I had. Oh, really? Um, I, I didn't like relying on guests. Okay. Um, which, which seemed, you know, turned out for the better probably because I, <laughs> it would have been hard to get guests. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Zoom call now, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was trying. I was like, I'm just gonna quit for a little bit and like rethink the format. And then you know, all the film festivals showed up and all that. So I had to like focus on those. But now that I've abs, um, I'm ha- great at that. Yeah, I would love doing that. And I had another idea where it was like I just record the audio of a battle royale game we play and I mm-hmm. interview them like while we're playing. So it'll yeah. be like we're literally being interviewed in like a wartime. Oh, what? <laughs> so like, so like, we'll be, I'll be like asking them a question about something, and then like all of a sudden, like we'll get in a gunfight, and they'll be like, "Guy left, guy left," and like we'll yeah. just start shooting, and like you'll hear the gun sounds and stuff. Do you think? Um, I think um, it sounds like open tabs could totally be like its own show for the thing you're describing with like the wartime episodes, but you're still possibly like interviewing people. Do you think that would still be nothing with Nick Johnson, but maybe it would just be like a different kind of episode? Like, do you think? Yeah, maybe. Like, do you think nothing with Nick Johnson could evolve into this show where people just kind of come to expect different kinds of episodes? So then it's like, oh, here's an interview episode. Here's one of these game episodes, you know, so it's almost like just a mystery box of like what they're going to get. I think that I, I think I would enjoy doing that more. I kind of like changing it up a lot. Maybe if anything, it could be like um, when you show up, I'll be the host. I'll have some kind of guest. We'll be talking about something, but in like a cool way. Like if we could all, I could also have like once it's safer to do so, I could have a guest and we could do like the the pizza delivery idea I had. Yeah, and oh. just like have a guest there while the pizza people are showing up and interview them too. It's it sounds kind of like. You're almost like a game show host, but instead of being like some gross corporate NBC presents Jane Lynch game night, you're just like a normal actual guy giving your guests like fun things to do. I think the irony is you just said the thing that stopped you was running out of guests and you're still describing guest things, but what's great (laughs) is you're still you would still be able to do it by yourself because these are all interactive things. So yeah, that know, was the biggest thing for me. So, so then when you don't have guests, you could still do things like open tabs and then you, you just have more stuff to play off of. 
Yeah. And that, so did, that's, that was my idea. I wanted to be able to do it by myself and just adding a guest would make the show better, but I could yeah. still do it by myself. Totally. I, um, you're, you're the reason I really started doing the show because I, I all my show, because I, I always wanted to do something like this. Um, but I kind of procrastinated and stalled on it for a lot longer than I would have. I recorded, um, the first episode of my show back in November, but I didn't release it until January. And I just kind of stalled on making like the visualizer and, um, the opening intro and things like that, because I didn't, I didn't want to start releasing until like I had like my, just my theme song and like my, my intro. And I, I just wanted to have like everything sorted out. I, I kind yeah. of some, I sort of like overthink things sometimes and think everything has to be exactly perfect before I start something. But it's like, it's kind of okay sometimes to release your drafts just in the sake of like getting, getting the, the ball rolling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so then, like, when you started doing your thing, I was just like, oh, shit, Nick has a show. And, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I tuned in, and I, I was like, this is really good. And, and, and I hit you up, and uh, I remember I was asking you for tips. And um, <laughs> I, I'm sure you, <laughs> I remember you almost, like, came off as annoyed because I was, like, over-asking simple questions. I was like, how did you record it? And you were like, bro, just I bought a $100 microphone. <laughs> and then I was like, which one? And then you just sent me the Google search. <laughs> Four blue Yeti microphone. You didn't even send me the Amazon link. Oh, just, I was a, I was not having a good day that day. Apparently, <laughs> no, it was this hilarious. Does not sound like me. No, no, it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I mean we're we're good friends. I don't care. Like you weren't yeah. being, you, you, you weren't being mean or anything. It was really funny. But um, yeah, it was just one of those things where I was like, yeah, I'm overthinking this. Uh, so yeah, it it it, uh, it sounds like you have tons of great ideas. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. I just want to, you know. Got to give myself something to do. I'm going. I'm going crazy in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I um. I always had it in my head like I wanted the first ten episodes of my show to be like really good, and I wanted like the first because I I just have like so many, you know, talented friends that you know this show gives me a chance to you know showcase them, mm-hmm. and like allow them to kind of talk about them themselves and what they do. Um, and I, and I, I just really like people and having conversations. That was the main Same. drive. Like that was the main drive. I just really like talking to people. Yeah. Um, so then like when, and I always wondered like, well, what happens when I run out of people? Like, do I do solos or do I just to keep the thing alive or do I just take really long breaks? Um, so then when coronavirus happened, I was like, huh? I don't know if I want to do Zoom or not. So I did those two solo episodes, and I, I think they turned out pretty good. So I'd still be down. Yeah, to I do saw that. that. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to watch those yet. <laughs> that, that's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, check them out if you want to. I, I think they, I think they turned out pretty good, and um, I, I, I would still be down to do episodes of that style in the future. But like now, I'm just like, dude, people are already like getting so used to zoom style content i was like i should just start calling people like this is fine (laughs) yeah i'm literally cutting a show right now that is just zoom style podcasts so literally right now are you editing in front of me well i'm not editing right now but i mean i was i was editing earlier (laughs) i was like i was like are you just editing while talking to me don't do that no of course not (laughs) okay i'm literally just sitting here (laughs) 
I was like, that would be the one problem with this. The guest could just be on there. The guest could just the guest is just playing a game of Warzone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever, buddy. <laughs> pushing, pushing. Three fifty. Yeah. What um for you, what has been um the biggest things you feel like you've kind of learned and overcome episode to episode? Because I'm sure you've like re-listened to yourself a little bit and been like, oh, I want to fix that or get better at that. <sighs> the oh, Well, the, the big thing, the first thing, because I, because yeah, I, I had a, you're talking about the podcast, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. No, your, your whole life. <laughs> my life. I had episodes in my life. Um, the big thing was, because I had a, I made a routine of, I would put it out on Wednesdays and Thursday mornings I would go to class. So mm-hmm. in the morning I would just listen to the podcast that I put out in, in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Or actually it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday midday when I would go to class. So it had been, it came out that day. And I would like note things that I noticed about the way I ask questions or the way the sto- uh, the podcast progresses and you know how yeah. I could make it better. The big thing was like the first episode I ever did, I just realized how like I had like this anxious tick of like throwing an F bomb into like every sentence. Oh. And I was like, this just, it's just, I sound like a child. I sound obnoxious. So, like, the next episode, I just made a conscious effort to, like, not curse as much. Okay. Because um, it just came off as childish. <clears throat> and, like, I think that definitely improved. And now, I mean, I'm a lot more comfortable talking to people because I've done, like, what, 24 episodes or whatever. So, nice. That's, that's a lot a good of, amount. <laughs> it's crazy, man. When, I'm very fortunate. When did you, um, when did you start? When when did the first one come Ooh, out? I think it was October 2019. Okay, and I so posted through February, and I missed. Yeah, I missed a couple. So, so that's 24 episodes in five months. I mean, that's like pretty fucking good, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there was a there was a there were long stretches where I would post like nine or ten weeks in a row on yeah. Wednesday every morning. Because I'm, and then I'm I would not... have like one or two off, and then I would go for nine again. And then... Yeah, because I, I don't really have any system to this. Like for me, the main goal has always just been to grow Tall Skeleton as a whole because I just want it to be a channel slash production company that has everything from music videos to podcasts to YouTube videos to video essays. You know, just any anything somebody finds interesting, they can find it on Tall Skeleton. So like when yeah, it comes yeah. to the, so when it comes to the podcast, it's just kind of like hey so-and-so is interesting. Maybe they're free right now and I'll just make some time on Saturday or something like that, you know, and have something for this week. But I haven't really been sticking to a schedule. So I, I'm not even really aware what the gaps in between episodes are. So this is, um, the 10th one since, uh, January, but I recorded the first one in November. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then I didn't record episode two until, um, the very end of December, uh, I, I recorded two and three actually back to back. I recorded, I recorded with June and then the second she got done, DJ walked in and we recorded his. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah so I did it's like a yeah, marathon. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I just wound up putting theirs out in like flipped order. So, so then when January started, I just kind of had three in the bag and then I was able to just kind of go from there. But, um, yeah, you, you did. Uh, that's really cool that you kind of just gave yourself like a schedule to to stick to. Um, I think it's really important, honestly. Um, 
to build an audience of, you know, people that they just know that a new episode will be coming out on Wednesday. So it's pretty much like free marketing for you. You don't, yeah. you get people interested and then they'll just come on their own accord knowing there'll be a new one. So, yeah, I, um, the, the, the two solo, well, it's been funny, like kind of running experiments because like the two solo episodes I have, they both have like roughly the same amount of views as I have subscribers. So I'm just like, okay, it seems like I have like a baseline minimum of clicks as like people who come to this channel, you know what I mean? But then the episodes who have like guests who put out stuff of their own, like the musicians, those are who've come on. Those are the most popular episodes and they have like double as much. So I'm like, okay, so guests clearly draw stuff. Um, but like I said, like I post in an unorthodox way. So like, I, I don't really like I have no idea who listens to this at all like I like I have zero perception like for all I know for all I know like it's it's been you this whole time but you just said you, you didn't hear the last one so it's like I, I've just been kind of doing it and throwing it out there and I think that's like the big thing about um making art for yourself because a lot of the time whether or not you you draw or you're a musician or a filmmaker like a lot of yeah. time when you, when you finish your art and you throw it out there that's the last you hear of it. <laughs> like you, you just don't know. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, yeah, pretty much. That's the thing I really love about um, using Anchor. Mm -hmm. Is it like gives you all those analytics that you want? Like it tells you how many people listen to it. Tells you where they were from. So I have like this weird like European audience for nothing that like, I just. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's very I've strange. Actually, I've actually never checked that before. Oh well, there you go. You can also check like what. Um, websites most people listen to it on mm. so you can like tailor those more put more time into making those look professional and stuff well see i film mine so like i i promote the youtube version more than anything so ironically when i upload the anchor it's like my complete underthought like i forget that it's even <laughs> like maybe i should be putting out the streaming more i don't know <laughs> who knows bro it's who still knows? it's still it's a lot of fun doing podcasts and I stopped, but I mean, I want to start again, hopefully. So, yeah, I, um, I talked about this on the last episode with, uh, the, my, uh, roommate, Nick, have you, um, do you know about, um, the show Midnight Gospel? Is that the cartoon one? Yeah. Yeah. But I haven't watched. I think I've, I've seen, I've, is it like the, the new adventure time thing? Yeah. But here's, yeah. so, so let me tell you about it a little bit. So the, it, it's it is um created co-created by the adventure time creator but the main brainchild behind it is a comedian slash podcaster named duncan trussell mm -hmm. and 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 he he's like joe rogan's like best friend and he's been on that show a million times and i've always listened to him when he comes on that show because he always kind of talks about just like very like spiritual introspective existential stuff but it's always like a positive flip so mm -hmm. they can talk about really existential stuff like spirituality or death or the or the size of the universe but make it feel kind of like warm and fuzzy so duncan made this show where basically his main character he goes into an earth simulator that simulates other versions of the planet and he and he does this literally only to record podcasts <laughs> So the first few minutes are like plot, you know, 
But then from then on, the entire rest of every episode is pretty much like you're listening to a podcast. Mm. And the way that they make the show is like they actually like record podcasts, but then they just, you know, he tells the guest like, hey, every now and again, we just have to interweave in a few lines of dialogue about like some elves or some like, you know, sci-fi shit. But it's like mostly <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and and some and some of it is actually from like podcast I think he even did before the show existed. Mm. Because like episode 3 his character is like interviewing this like fishbowl guy. He's like literally talking to a fish the whole episode. But in real life it's from this interview he did with a guy who in real life was on death row to be executed, but then new evidence exonerated him, like he didn't commit the crime. And so this guy who thought he was going to be executed, like now is just released. Wow. And it's, yeah. And the thing is, is instead of being all like jaded and disgruntled, he became like really grateful and like really like kind of Zen. Um, so episode three, you're like listening to this long podcast style conversation, but you're like watching something that looks like Adventure Time. That's it's really just, cool. It's it's like an amazing show. I uh, I'm I'm currently rewatching it. I'm almost done watching it for the second time. I need to watch this. Yeah, <laughs> that you, sounds that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's really good. It's called Midnight Gospel. It's on Netflix. I I I'm, I think I'm gonna do a video essay for it because I'm about to put up the first few video essays on Tall Skeleton, and I think it would be cool to do one on Gospel just since it's like such a new thing. But um, that's cool. Yeah. Anyways, I feel like I'm talking too much right now. <laughs> no, that was awesome. I'm like super sold in that show. They need to hire you in marketing. That was great. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, I've just been like telling everybody like, you got to watch this show. <laughs> I feel like Allery would love that too. I need to tell Allery about that. <laughs> I should tell Allery about. Dude, Allery is one of the very few people where when I told her about um, this uh, Joe Rogan episode with this like sleep neuroscientist expert, because I tell everybody about this episode. With, yeah, um, you told me about this, too. With, yeah, with Matthew Walker. He's this neuroscientist, and he's an expert in sleep. And he basically explains how sleep deprivation is, like, America's largest national health crisis. And mm -hmm. the CDC predicts that by 2060, like, 21 million people will have Alzheimer's because... Wow. The average American currently gets six hours of sleep, but any amount of sleep less than seven hours is brain damage. Mm -hmm. So, eh. I tell everybody to listen to this podcast, and obviously, normally, when you tell somebody to listen to a two-hour thing, they're not going to do it. Yeah. Allery, Allery is, like, one of the three people, or, like, when I told her to, she, like, actually did. <laughs> so, shout out Allery. She got shout back to, to She got back to me. She was like, that was good. <laughs> Stuff like that just scares me, bro. It's just, I mean, I know I should know, and I have. I actually did listen to that as well. And oh, you too. Terrifying, Damn, four. Dear Lord. It is yeah. Well, I I just stuff. I really like listening to podcasts with scientists because like, dude, I just get to listen to like a few hours of this guy like explaining how like my body and my mind work. Like I, f yeah. I feel like I feel like I'm I'm getting the the secrets. You're getting the juice, <laughs> dude. Yeah, that's you awesome. Know, it's like it's like some of that stuff can be scary, but then I feel like okay, well, this stuff is real, so it's just you know how do I choose to use this information? Yeah. Yeah. It's like how do you how do you channel it into your own life and you know make your own life better? 
in the process yeah. and it's hard totally. <laughs> sleeping a lot every night is actually kind of hard to like get myself to go to sleep so it's something i'm working on yeah i mean some of the things he he described in that episode is how like lifestyle um choices of like what you do in the day affects the quality of your sleep and how quality and quantity are equally important so for instance caffeine um after 1 p.m is now late enough into the day where it's already going to affect your sleep rhythms later. He explains how like screen usage upwards of, you know, three hours before sleep reduces your melatonin. So if you can not use your screens for at least one hour before sleep, that's good. Um, you know, just just th- things like that. And, you know, at, and at first it's like, oh my God, how am I ever gonna do these things? But then um, it's like, hey, you know, like one hour a time isn't even that long really you know yeah. like, I, I can spend my last hour just like you know putting away some dishes folding some laundry maybe meditate for 10 minutes you know just get take a shower you mm-hmm. know eventually an hour has passed you fought you know you've had a good amount of time without some stimulus and then you're ready to just kind of roll into sleep a lot a lot easier than if you're just going from like you know this and then trying to roll over even though your brain was just like having this rapid fire, you know, activity seconds ago. And I, th- I think that's like a big thing for people. It's hard, man. Cause I, you know, I edit all day and then to relax, I, I watch a movie. So it's like, <laughs> dude, I know. The yeah. I, my sleep schedule during quarantine was good for like a few weeks. And then the last two weeks I've been staying up way too late. And like, especially as an editor, it's so easy to just keep plunging and plunging further into the night. Mm hmm. But like today I was getting some good editing done and we, we can wrap up here soon. So you and I can both get back to editing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, like something I've really noticed about myself is like, you know, like when I do get like the right amount of sleep and when I call it quits early in the day and, you know, just do all the things I'm supposed to do. As long as when I'm working, I don't have like a bunch of side tabs open and videos open and I'm just like focused on the thing at hand, you know, it's like. You know, they tell us doing these things are good for us for a reason. So it's like when when you do them, they all kind of just like lock into place. And that's kind of why, like when they run the numbers, the people who do these these things do wind up more productive and yeah more happy and they live longer and stuff like that. So any, anytime I am like editing deep into like 3 a.m. or 5 a.m., like I got to remind myself like, hey, even though I am getting ahead right now, if I can just sacrifice one night of this to fix it you know then it, it, it'll be better on the other side yeah i think that's a good <laughs> mindset honestly <laughs> it, it just it just can be so hard because like i just said like I've, I've been staying up super late like the last like 12 days and i just barely fixed it like today yeah yeah so, i have a lot of, i have a lot of those nights where i just really want to watch a movie and i'm like i'd rather just go to sleep i guess <laughs> just go to bed <sighs> Dude, I, I have like a laundry list of movies I've been like wanting to not not even see for the first time, but like rewatch. I've been super in the mood to like rewatch movies lately, mm-hmm. and I, I haven't gotten to any of them. I have a long list. I'm gonna start a thing where I have a hat, and every time I think of a movie I want to watch, I put it on a piece of paper and I put it in. And every time I watch a movie, I just shuffle the hat. Nice. That's what I'm gonna start doing, <laughs> and I'm gonna try and watch like three or four a week at least. 
It's kind of like back when uh, we didn't have streaming and you were flipping through the guide and you just had yep. to watch like whatever FX had on. You're like, I guess it's Horrible. Juno. You're I guess like, I'm I guess watching Fast and the Furious again. It's Juno night. <laughs> <laughs> the thing With about the that commercials. Oh, yeah. God. The thing about that though is like it, it forced you to accept what you were about to watch for a while, and then absolutely. Because, and then because of that, you became fine with it. And because of that, you also wound up watching more things. I get so much choice anxiety going through Netflix. I wind up not watching more stuff. It's so ironic. Yeah, I just end up not watching anything because I can't choose what I want to watch. Yeah, I was so. I'm just now watching season two of Ozark now that season three came out. Mm. And and I was the guy telling everybody to watch season one when it came out. My mom, my parents were watching. I haven't watched it yet, but my parents loved it. They watched the whole thing in the family room during quarantine and that- Breaking Bad. Ozark's good as sh- Ozark's good as shit. Ozark, the opening. I'm not like about to like ruin stuff, but like the opening scene to Ozark feels like if you were thrown into Breaking Bad, but towards like the last two seasons. Because I know sometimes people who are critical of Ozark or who don't want to watch it, they're like, "I've already seen Breaking Bad," but Ozark kind of feels like it, it. It really is its own thing. And I think a big reason why is because of the starting point and, like, the stakes of the starting point. Because, like, Mm -hmm. when you start Ozark, it feels like you're where Walt is, but, like, towards the end. And you're like, oh, we're starting from here? Okay. (laughs) You're like, holy shit. Yeah. All right. Um... We're just both talking about Netflix now, and we both have stuff to edit, so let's wrap this up. I do have to edit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Thanks so much for coming on. Um, Yeah, man. Sounds like you're going to have some new episodes of something for us to enjoy sometime soon. Hopefully, I'm hoping that in the next couple of weeks we can I can figure it out and you know maybe even live stream it and live stream live episodes that would be crazy. Yeah. but maybe right. we'll figure it out. All right, episode ten with Nick Johnson. Uh, shout out his own show, Nothing with Nick Johnson, and uh, hell yeah, it's weird because you're not here in the room, so I have to hang up on you. <laughs> I don't know how to. <laughs> I don't know how to end this. <laughs> I guess All we'll right. just. All right, bye. All right, bye. Take care. (laughs) Thanks for having me, man. You too. Yeah, have a great one, dude. Bye-bye. I really hope it recorded right. I've never done this screen record shit. I just hit stop. I'm going to save.